Hello, I'm JJ Hawley, President and CEO of the Woodlands Area Chamber of Commerce, and welcome to another episode of Between the Trees. We'd like to thank Woodlands Online, who's our technical sponsor for this program that we do every week. And today I have the distinct pleasure of welcoming Ms. Lisa Gonzalez with HARC. And we're going to talk about you and HARC and what all that HARC does. So welcome. Sounds wonderful. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here. Yeah. Well, thank you. So tell us a little bit about how you came to be at HARC and, and uh, rose to the the uh, status of president and CEO of HARC. Right, well, um, I joined HARC back in 2002, prior to working for the organization, which is a mm -hmm. nonprofit here in the Woodlands. Um, I worked at the Texas A&M and University of Houston systems in research. Okay. And in 2002, when Todd Mitchell, one of Mr. Mitchell's sons, and mm -hmm. Mr. Mitchell is our founder, mm -hmm. uh, Todd hired me as well as a group of folks as he was reorganizing HARC around our mission, which is now sustainability. Wow. And so when I started at HARC, I was a research associate and I rose my way through the ranks on the research team and mm -hmm. in 2012 became vice president and then uh, president in 2016. Well, that's a great story. Yeah. Uh, and it's also a neat story that HARC is just another piece of George Mitchell's vision. Yes. And so Mr. Mitchell founded us back in 1982 mm -hmm. and everyone knows that Mr. Mitchell was an extremely successful oil and mm -hmm. gas yep. businessman. He also had other passions, one being the woodlands and the forested landscapes of Montgomery County. So yeah. he was, of course, the founding developer of the woodlands. Yeah. He also had passions for physics, where he gave a, you know, an endowment to Texas A&M University and the physics mm -hmm. department there. His other love was sustainability. And uh, back in the early days of HARC, in the first 20 years, much of what we focused on in the 80s and 90s mm -hmm. was related to technology incubation. Okay. But there was a small corner of the organization called the Center for Global Studies that was doing sustainability work. And okay. sustainability means we're looking at issues through the lens of environment, community, and economics. And there's a balance. There is a balance. And we yeah. call it the triple bottom line. And so Mr. Mm -hmm. Mr. Mitchell's vision was, and, and these are, it's the same as others who work on sustainability issues, is mm -hmm. you don't have to engage in business that just maximizes financial profits. If you focus on the triple bottom line, you're also maximizing the benefits for communities and mm -hmm. the environment as well. They don't have to kind of be, you know, going well, against one another. That's true. And long term, the your your organization will be more successful, whether you're Park or whether you're a for-profit business or, or what have you, because we all want the same quality of our natural resources 50, 100 years from now as we have today. That's right. And it all ties into quality of life. And you leading the chamber, you know, mm -hmm. you are all about enticing people to come to the woodlands, to mm -hmm. live in the woodlands, to start businesses in the mm -hmm. woodlands. And one of the reasons they do that is because it's such an amazing place yeah. to live. And part of that is that environmental vision that was there along mm -hmm. with all of the amazing community programs mm -hmm. and um, the, you know, the wonderful businesses. And it's economy. amazing that 120,000 people live here, but it doesn't really feel like it. That's right. It, and it doesn't That's look right. like it. That's right. Yeah. And um, I, you know, I've been at HARC now for nearly 20 years. And I remember in the early days, it seemed like there were more people commuting out of the woodlands into Houston 
That's right. But we all know that is no longer the case. Mm -hmm. The Woodlands is the place to be. It's amazing that we have the, the mix that we have. We're not just a bedroom community, although there's a lot of residential homes here naturally. Right. And, right. and uh, we also have some great multifamily units, but we have a great commercial center, a great retail center, which by the way, yes. helps keep our, keeps our property taxes That's right. uh, lower. That's so right. again, it's all about balance and a mix. It, it is. And at Hark, we have a strong network of partners Mm -hmm. that extend from the public sector, you know, local governments, mm -hmm. state government agencies, but also the private sector. The private yeah. sector plays such a huge role mm -hmm. because especially now in the days that we're living in with things like Hurricane Harvey, mm -hmm. Winter Storm Uri, mm -hmm. the investment in sustainable infrastructure is going to have mm -hmm. to come from partnerships between government entities and the private sector. That's right. So tell us a bit about what HARC, what, what some of the projects that HARC is working on. So our programs, we focus on four main areas. We mm -hmm. have an air quality program, a program that focuses on water resources, clean energy, and climate risk. Mm -hmm. And so in our uh, water program right now, we are doing some work that's specific to the woodlands and Conroe and Montgomery County. Mm -hmm. And this is the groundwater science uh, research partnership. And, and thank you for that work. Yes. Because there's a there are a lot of opinions around water in Montgomery right. County. Right. By the way, uh, water has been an issue. I love what Senator Robert Nichols says. He says, look at the issues the legislature dealt with in 1910. <laughs> We're dealing with the same issues in 2021. <laughs> right. And we probably will never get it right. That's right. We just try to get it better. And uh, But water's a major issue. If we don't have water, literally nothing else would happen. We wouldn't have transportation road congestion because no one could or would live here without water. That's right. So what is some of, what's some of the latest news you guys uh, have on water? Now, this is an extended project. It takes a lot of time it and does. you have a lot of great people involved in it. It does. So we've got two components of this partnership. The first is a consortium of special use districts in Montgomery County, including mm -hmm. the Woodlands Township, Woodlands Water Agency, Southern Montgomery County MUD, and WCID number one. Mm -hmm. And so they're the entities that are actually funding the work, mm -hmm. but they are going to share in the benefits of the science along with everybody else in the community. We yeah. also have a science advisory committee that we've pulled together that includes eight uh, well-known and well-respected researchers from around the state of Texas mm -hmm. who have expertise in groundwater and subsidence. Mm -hmm. And so on February... None of them live here. None of them, that's right. None they, of them live here. They don't have any here. dog in the hunt. Exactly. Except for exactly. just completely making sure we have sustainable water. Exactly. Yeah. Completely independent. They're looking at the data. They're looking at the science with the goal of making sure that our mm -hmm. water policy is based on sound science mm -hmm. and, and evidence. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, they, on February 8th, released their first report and with a set of recommendations. Mm -hmm. And some of the recommendations that uh, they highlighted is the need to um, get some additional monitors in place mm -hmm. in Montgomery County to measure subsidence mm -hmm. and so that we can track subsidence in groundwater together because that's yeah. kind of the big question right yeah. now with uh, groundwater usage causing mm -hmm. subsidence, especially in portions of Southern Montgo mm -hmm. Montgomery County, really understanding that relationship and then making sure that the policies. And, and can like you that. talk a little bit the, the difference between groundwater and surface water? Because sometimes yes. that gets confusing. Yes, 
And, you know, that's one of the, we've got a, a couple of hydrologists on staff, and that's always kind of the, the bane of their existence that, oh, we, yeah. that we think about and we manage groundwater and surface water separately. So mm -hmm. surface water are the waters that we see mm -hmm. running through our creeks, our bayous, our reservoirs. Mm -hmm. Lake Conroe. Lake Conroe, exactly. Mm -hmm. Much of that is water that runs through precipitation, runs across the land, across mm -hmm. our watersheds, and ends up in these water bodies that, that we see every day. So mm -hmm. that's surface water. Uh, groundwater exists below the ground in aquifers, the Gulf mm -hmm. Coast Aquifer, Jasper Aquifer, uh, the Evangeline Aquifer. Mm -hmm. And uh, so these are waters that we can't see. It's, I think, really difficult for people to envision what aquifers may actually look like. They're not, you know, in Southeast Texas, they're not these underground caverns with lakes. Mm -hmm. It's very often water that exists in between sediment. Okay. And so as if we pump too much water, what happens is it causes that sediment to compact. Mm -hmm. And that's what gives us subsidence, yeah. which has been a huge issue across the greater Houston and, region. And subsidence is the lowering of uh, the ground level, exactly. literally the ground level. that, And then the, the uh, unintended consequence of that is when we do have a hurricane or heavy rains, tax day floods, what have you, is that that water has a harder time getting to the Gulf of Mexico That's and getting right. out. So it increases our flooding risk. That's right. Subsidence changes the slopes of our floodplains. And so those floodplains are very dynamic when you think about development that's occurring and subsidence mm -hmm. that's occurring. And so yeah. it can, like you said, have an effect on um, our region when it comes to those large flood events. Mm -hmm. Also, sea level rise is a, another thing to think about, not here in the woodlands, but farther down on the coast where mm -hmm. you've got sea level rise interacting with that sinking land. And then mm -hmm. we call it relative sea level rise. Okay. And that's a double whammy. Then it, you're getting two negatives and it, that can exactly. really be impactful. Exactly. So what other, well, what... Uh, what do you think the timeline will be when the, the scientific report would be completed? So we have the first phase report that came out at the beginning of this month, and folks can go to our website and download that. Mm -hmm. um, there's an executive summary as well if you just kind of want the quick 10-minute view instead of digging into the pages of the report. In fairly uh, 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 explainable layman's terms as well. Thank <laughs> yes. you for that. Yes, and that's one, yeah. of, that's one of the things that we pride ourselves at HARC mm -hmm. is that we can take really complex information and get it to the level where all of us can use it, general mm -hmm. public, decision makers, mm -hmm. um, not just scientists who you know, write those peer review papers that um, you need a dictionary alongside right. to, to read it. Um, and, so, and, and then the project is gonna continue through this year Okay. And there will be another set of reports that mm -hmm. comes out from the Science Advisory Committee. We continue to talk to stakeholders around the region and uh, find out what their policy questions are. Mm -hmm. And the Science Advisory Committee considers those and mm -hmm. then issues a, another report. We also have some great, we just uh, demoed this for a, a, a group yesterday, so we should be seeing this this spring. We have some fantastic information tools that are coming out in the form of story maps. And these are mm. actually uh, online maps that have some narrative text and you can really dig into the data and play with it a bit. Um, and some data dashboards. So you can really, users will be able to really look at the data um, pertaining to groundwater levels, mm -hmm. subsidence, water management, how is water managed, groundwater mm -hmm. and surface water mm -hmm. um, in Montgomery County in the state of Texas? So some wonderful information resources coming. And that is the key. It's all about water management because 
we have gone through a, uh, a flood prone period right. and now we're entering uh, what is possibly or could be a, a drought period. That's right. So one of the when when we think about water management, we tend to think about water management, not just having that very focused approach to flood mitigation, which mm -hmm. is certainly an important issue given what we've gone through in the yes. last six years as mm -hmm. a region. But we have to think about water resources um, from the standpoint of extremes, because we've got opposite extremes that we're mm -hmm. going to be dealing with in the coming years and the coming decades. Mm -hmm. And so right now we're actually moving into a La Nina cycle. And mm -hmm. when when we move into that La Nina cycle, that typically means that we start to see drier conditions mm -hmm. across the state of Texas. There's a great online resource called the Texas Drought Monitor that's updated daily. You can click on that and, mm -hmm. and look at Texas and see what counties are in different stages of drought. Mm -hmm. It's fascinating. There's always some region in the state of Texas that is within a, some sort of drought stage. But wow. that's, that's another thing that we've got to think about when we're managing water resources, not just how to mitigate those flood impacts, mm -hmm. but how can we make sure that our water infrastructure um, is able to withstand the droughts as well. And that's what's so important with having surface water access in, in reservoirs, because that really does uh, help us to bridge the gap during that's those right. times. That's right. It's a diversity of sources, mm -hmm. depending upon what conditions you find yourself in. Mm -hmm. It's the same way with our energy mix in Texas. Mm -hmm. We have coal, we have natural gas, we have nuclear, and we have renewables, wind and solar. And yep. so you've got that diverse mix of sources mm -hmm. that you can rely on depending upon what um, what type of conditions you, mm -hmm. you find yourselves in. So what are some other projects you have going on at HART? We have in our energy program, um, this is a, a really great tool, and we really try to put things online as much as we can. We're all about, like I said, getting complex data into the hands of people through these uh, tools. Mm -hmm. And so um, we've got a, a project called the Texas Clean Energy Hub, and that brings together a whole host of clean energy tools, such as a passive survivability guide. So if you're a homeowner or a renter or a business owner mm -hmm. and you want to know what are some of the simple things that I can do every day to make my home or business more energy efficient so that I can withstand the triple degree temps that we are going to be seeing. They're coming. I know it's hard to it's hard to imagine that given what we've just gone oh, through, but, yes. but they're coming. Um, you know, how can how can I as a homeowner or a business owner um, passively survive? you know, extreme events, whether it's mm -hmm. temperature extremes or, or, you know, really cold. What are some highlights of that, that uh, especially with summer coming up that, that we as homeowners or businesses could take that, that would help prepare us? Right, right. Well, the, the way the survive, the passive survivability guide breaks it down is there are things that you can do to existing structures and uh, strategies that you can put in place if you're, say, building a new home or mm. building a new commercial building. So we try to break it out that way. But, um, you know, for, for things that we can do in our home, our windows are a big source of... Um, as cold as it got, a lot of us discovered, oh, that's where that draft is coming from. <laughs> that's right. Because you can really right. feel it. That's right. You could really feel that yeah. draft. Um, and then on the flip side of that, 
I know we in our home, when we lost power and heat, we were kind of figuring out where the sun was coming in mm -hmm. and making sure that we had that solar energy coming in through our windows into those rooms. Mm -hmm. And then when the sun wasn't coming in anymore, adjusting blinds and curtains to make sure we were holding back those drafts. Which is completely opposite of what we're normally used to. Exactly. We're trying to keep the heat out, exactly. not the heat in. Exactly. But when you're 40 degrees inside your house. <laughs> Any little bit helps. That is crazy. <laughs> uh, so what else is, uh, does HARC do? We, in our energy program, uh, we also have a combined heat and power uh, program mm -hmm. where we work with industries across 11 states, including Texas, mm -hmm. to use natural gas to co-generate heat and electricity. It's mm -hmm. a, another tech, that's the thing, we've got these technologies, it's not mm -hmm. rocket science. We know what the technologies are yeah. that can help us through these types of, of extreme conditions. So we've got renewable energy work, we've mm -hmm. got work that we're doing in, in natural gas, our air quality program is working mm -hmm. with local governments mm -hmm. to make sure that um, communities have access to air quality data. Mm -hmm. We've got a number of state managed monitors around the region, but we've also got monitors that are operated by private industry. Mm -hmm. And so we're working with both to make mm -hmm. sure that we can get that information into the hands of communities. And we're also working with local mm -hmm. governments on response plans Mm -hmm. after the large mm -hmm. event happens, just to help manage information and determine yeah. who's doing what. I mean, being a petrochemical-based area, and we're all concerned about air quality. That's right. And uh, how it affects us. And then you do have major events that happen on occasion. Unfortunately, we have an explosion at a plant or exactly. some sort of crisis that you've got a mobile unit you can take and put right on site and say, okay, and you've already got a baseline of what the air quality was like before. That's right. And now here we are with this, this event. So it's great information to gather. It, exactly. And you know, here in the woodlands, we may think that we are far enough away from those events where we don't have to think about it. But, mm -hmm. you know, we saw with the ITC incident mm -hmm. a couple of years ago that that plume spread far and wide across the city and across the region. Mm -hmm. So having that information to not only communicate to fence line communities, those communities that live right around industry, what's going on, yeah. but also to communicate to folks on the west side of town, on the north side of town, depending mm -hmm. upon which way the wind's blowing, Literally. Information's important. Yes, literally. <laughs> literally. <laughs> well, is there anything else you'd like to tell us about HARC? Because you have a, I think we could spend hours yes. delving into the details. Yes. But uh, yes. for people that are interested, uh, you know, what, you know, just kind of in summary, what, what would you tell somebody? What's your elevator speech for HARC if, if you were telling them about it? My, my elevator speech for HARC is that we are an organization that works with a broad range of partners and we're interested in helping um, both public sector entities and private sector entities figure out how they can operate more sustainable more sustainably. We've got mm -hmm. a wonderful green building That's right. Uh, right there on Lead Gosling. Certified. Lead certified and mm -hmm. the first certified net zero energy building in the state of Texas. Wow. The power company pays us to keep the lights on. We do not pay them. And so we're that a must model. Be nice. It is. It is. <laughs> our our COO loves it when when those 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 bills come in every month. Um, but that's not just us that can do that. We're yeah. a model or can be a model yeah. for how it's other good to see you being that example. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, how would someone uh, get a hold of Park or access some of these great tools that you have? 
Well, I, I welcome everyone to visit our website, which mm -hmm. is harkresearch.org. Mm -hmm. Through that website, you'll be able to see just about every project that we've got going on, as well mm -hmm. as the tools and information resources, some that I mentioned today and others, like you said, we could go on for hours. Mm -hmm. I think about the resources that are on that website. Uh, we're on social media as well, and I, mm -hmm. I welcome folks to reach out to me, which they can do through our website. Well, I think it's a, an, an amazing advantage that we have something this local, right Thank at the you. corner of Research and Gosling, exactly. uh, that uh, is exactly. a further example of George Mitchell's vision. And uh, I, I think the information you gather and the information that our uh, counties, our, our, our cities and our state, and even the feds yep. uh, can use uh, that is objective information that they can use to make decisions and help us be sustainable for 50, 100 years plus. That, that's right. And at heart, we're interested in, in working with those organizations. We're an, an organization with about 30 people, but we do mm -hmm. much of our work through partnerships. And we, we call ourselves a research hub because we cannot mm -hmm. do our work in a vacuum. We rely on, on very strong partnerships across the, across the woodlands, Montgomery County, the region, and yeah. the state. So. Collaboration is key. It is. And we've got to it share is. information, gather correct information, and then make those really important policy decisions that are going to affect all of us. That's right. Uh, if, we don't, if we do or we don't make them, it's going to affect us one or the other. That's so. right. Exactly. And some of those... The effects of those decisions, I think we've been thinking they're 50 to 100 years off, but I, I think we see that it's it's affecting us in, in the here and now and, and certainly in, in the generation of our, our kids yeah. who, are, who are coming up. So. That's true. I mean, yeah. we're just seeing more and more events exactly. that are, are grabbing our attention. So exactly. uh, uh, good or bad, That's right. Uh, we just said some things we've got to do. So. That's right. Well, thank you thank very much you. for being here today. I appreciate all the information that you gather for us, and I appreciate the work that you guys are doing. Well, thank you so much, JJ. Uh, really appreciate the invitation, and it was a joy. Well, thank you. Thank you. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of Between the Trees. Again, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Woodlands Online, for helping us with the program every week. And I hope you have a good rest of your day.